0: Everybody, welcome to the Recovery from Relapse Overeaters Anonymous meeting. My name is Rita Q. And today's date is the fifth of October, twenty twenty-one. And today, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Kira B. as our speaker. And Kira is going to share her experience, strength, and hope. Over to you, Kira. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you, everyone, for having me today. Uh, My name is Kira B. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Uh, I've been in program since November of 2018 and higher power willing November I will celebrate two years of abstinence so I'm really grateful for where I'm at today Uh, but I think in order for me to even feel grateful it's important to acknowledge what it really was like for me and my own struggles even being in OA and unable to and hold on to any sort of Length of time or any, you know, beginnings of a psychic change. So, uh, with my share today, I just uh, pray that I can set aside uh, my fears and my ego and just carry the message as it's been, really profoundly carried to me. So, um, my my personal issues with my my body and my food really go back as far as my own. Memories, like my own conscious um, time on this earth, and I can recall being four or five years old, and already just feeling bigger than my friends. And given I was taller, uh, but at five years old, looking around the kindergarten room, uh, it was it was hard to not compare myself. And that sort of thinking carried throughout my grade school, and it carried throughout my high school and, or secondary ed. <laughs> um, and um, it just progressed worse and worse because I, I could no longer keep up with the sports I did. I couldn't keep my weight at bay by anything that I was trying on my own uh, willpower. And uh, food for me became like a rule of threes. It was what I was getting to eat on the car ride home what I was going to eat in front of people, and then what I was gonna sneak later. Like I couldn't bear the thought of just buying one portion of something and eating it in a healthy manner. So my my highest weight uh, was by the time I was just 17 years old. And I was like in the mid 200s, uh, the last time I weighed myself. And that definitely does something to your self-esteem. It's something to mine, at least I was really I didn't like to be touched. I dressed in a certain manner in which to cover up uh, everything about myself. I was very isolated and really dishonest. I learned a lot of uh, ways to cope um, through food and through dishonesty and lying and sneaking. And when I went to college later into my college uh, time, I, I discovered how to purge, and there became another really deep, dark uh, manifestation of my disease, which was binging and purging, and then being so afraid of eating anything that I would I would swear to never do it again. It was an addiction cycle, sometimes manifesting several times a day, uh, of of binging, purging, restricting, and just a switch would click. And I just, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop. Um, It didn't matter that there was a point that I knew that the comfort and the sense of ease and comfort and that relief, I knew it would only last me for a matter of seconds um, when I would pick up. It didn't matter. I just, I needed it. Um, There's a, In the stories of the big book, I I love this line so much. I'm 297 in in the stories. It says uh, a person is telling their story and they say, if I could only stop the thinking, I wouldn't drink. If I could only stop the drinking, maybe I wouldn't think. But they were all mixed up together and I was all mixed up inside. And yet I had to have that drink. And that was really my issue. My thoughts were completely negative and dark. And I couldn't change my own thinking and my thoughts were just like so checked out it was like I have a craving I'm gonna pick up I might fight it for a matter of minutes maybe I can get like one or two days but not beyond that and just yesterday or two days ago I, I haven't bitten my nails in a while which is a big great accomplishment um, for an anxious little uh, person and I, I was scratching like an itch like literal itch And I noticed like it stopped, it started hurting and I kept itching anyway, because it was hurting me, but I was like soothing that itch. And I was like, wow, if that isn't (laughs) a great analogy because it was hurting me so badly to keep uh, uh, treating food the way I did, but I couldn't stop. And I stopped itching once I had that thought (laughs) two days ago, but I couldn't stop um, on my own willpower. When I was 21, maybe just about to turn 22, in March of 2018, I found myself in this place between really not wanting to live and thinking nothing else would work. And also like these weird phases or other phases that I would be in where like denial, I guess, where nothing's wrong, I don't need help. And certainly throughout all of that, it was a fear of being honest with anyone. Um, But I I saw a therapist and they checked off these boxes. It was like on my insurance and specializing in anxiety, depression and eating disorders. And I was like, I don't know what's to come with this, but it was the first act of surrender I ever, ever took. And my therapist, like, this is how I know there's a power much greater than myself in my life because I had never heard of OA. I don't, I can't really tell you that being as broken as I was, I would have willingly come into a to a meeting. I think I could have talked myself out of that really easily. Um, but my therapist is actually like 30, 40 years uh, in recovery in OA and was like, you sound like me, um, like it was for me. And here's this program. And I didn't go right away, but I went in November of 2018, as I mentioned at the top. And did that... Was that enough for me? No, <laughs> but it was for the first time in my life, this sensation of, oh wow. Like, yes, I've heard of eating disorders. Yes, I most likely have one, but I never knew. I just thought still I was different because the, the way my, like I was filled with such anxiety and dread and not able to sleep in the middle of the night because uh, it, whether it was cravings or self-hatred, like I didn't think eating disorders, um, went to that extent and I definitely didn't think there was any other uh, person on this earth that was like me that suffered the way I did with this, what I now know to be a disease. Um, so that alone just like felt amazing to hear. And also, um, I, I was like, why does everyone here sound so happy? Why are they acting like they're friends? Why are they hugging? Um, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I had a very cynical, um, mind and, and, and yet I like kept coming, maybe not every week. And I certainly didn't get a sponsor right away, but I I kept showing up and I had to really practice identifying it. I came in having lost 90 pounds. I tried to look up the, um, the stone. I I forgot to write it down, but I lost about 90 pounds really rapidly through uh, this purging and restricting. So I was coming in under weight and I still, and and I was much younger than a lot of the people I saw and the symptoms of their diseases didn't exactly sound like me. The, the way they described their unmanageable lives didn't exactly correspond to my own. But beneath that, I could hear the pain in where they came from. And I could hear undoubtedly the hope of where they were. And even my most cynical thinking, it, I, I couldn't help but relate. And, and so I started working um, the program, but being that this is um, a relapse from recovery meeting, I do wanna say that I've, I, there were many th- there were probably more things I was willing not to do than willing to do. And I see now what kept me sick and suffering. And one of those things was, um, I, (laughs) despite everything I just mentioned, I thought I knew how to eat healthy. It's just that I couldn't, but I, I knew I knew. And I remember, like, telling a nutritionist and telling my sponsor, like, oh, it's okay. I just don't get hungry for breakfast. I, I only need to eat this many meals a day. And, oh, I, I don't have a problem with that. Or, you know, just unable to to truly reflect and consider a thought beyond my own. Uh, I also was really scared. And I, I think it's totally normal, at least in my own experience, to be scared to 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 put trust into something that is new uh and for a concept that is nothing else has worked before but what I wasn't doing was being honest about my thoughts and when I later when I started to be honest like I hear that you're telling me to do this but right now what's coming up for me is this this fear like this fear of calling people who I don't know to do outreach. And it gives another person an opportunity to say, that's okay, like, you're not crazy, you're not wrong. Like, you're a human being. Um, and and here are some things that worked for me. And I get to then take that feedback and apply it and just like, continue putting one foot in front of the other. And it's kind of like a double whammy of of all things negative when I'm both having these uh, fears, but then also not opening up about them. So, bringing honesty and connection, like human connection, was really important for me. Uh, what there was a point in time I got to like nine months of recovery, but it was, I don't really acknowledge that because looking back, it was a little slippery. I wasn't completely honest. And um, I, j- like I said, I just was willing to only do so much. Um, And so the second that I had, uh, uh, I picked up more than my, more than I should have, which complete abstinence for me is not picking up any of any of my red foods, but I, it was off to the races. And it was just in this moment of, I think it was a. I can't exactly describe what was going through my mind, but looking back, I would say it was this um, true and profound realization that I cannot do this on my own. And maybe I don't have 100% trust that this will absolutely work for me, like it's worked for these people around me, but I need to try. And I think, that's something I, I try to like carry that message. Because if I wait for the moment that I have 100% faith that this thing is gonna work out, I'll never start. <laughs> I'll never take that first step, uh, like literally <laughs> in program and then figuratively in, in life, I guess. And um, it was just a, a real broken brokenness. But I do wanna say that I've heard lots of things in, rooms and i've heard that we have a high threshold for pain which i agree with and um in the aa12 and 12 it talks about raising the rock bottom and just this i do think you need to know a certain i needed to know a certain degree of pain and i need to for me see that these half measures were availing me nothing but it's also this, this idea that like, just enough is enough. Like for today, I'm going to actually try this. If only so that I can then, you know, try it my best and then say, you know what? OA wasn't for me, but I was not since I was ready to say, OA oh, wasn't for me without sincerely trying. And that wasn't fair to me or 12 steps as a whole. Um, and <laughs> as I sincerely tried and genuinely got honest and stopped, like Oh, I'm at three days. This is getting really serious. I might as well. Um, this is getting really serious. I might as well uh, just stop now. Um, I. Sorry, I get. Uh, um, I just started truly focusing in each day. And without like, I, I think I put my date into an app or something and just stopped thinking about it because all I could, really handle was meal to meal and prepping and turning over and being honest and I'm happy to talk about like on outreach what that looked like for me specifically um so that's th- that's where um the beginning of the absence I have now really started and step one for me uh, I, I like to say this because it helps the way that I think which is what we're doing in step one is we're admitting we're powerless. It's not saying like we're making you powerless or you're now powerless. It's just my admission that I, on my own human will, cannot solve my own problem. And that helped me a lot because through admission, and as I've described, like through being honest and through trying, um, relief comes and hope comes. And Step one is not changing the fact that i'm powerless. I could leave the room and try a hundred other things, but it's gonna come down to. I have this disease. I am of the hopeless variety uh described in the big book and and in the o a literature and um that just that just helped me it it's It's obviously a, an important step, but not one that stunted me. It was the first one to start me on this like path to freedom, I guess. Um, uh, step, step two, I think, is also... I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful step, and it was for me, too, because I came in with a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of things that didn't work. And I do think it's, it's a good thing, like identifying for me what didn't work, le- what that left over was things that did work. So, I came in, you know, if if I had a conception of something that was punishing or didn't love me um, or or any example, I would know that that doesn't work. And I would know that what I need now is something very loving and not punishing um, in my conception. And I read somewhere, heard somewhere that um, it puts the responsibility in my hands. So, rather than doing what I've done all my life, it's like blaming institutions and groups of people. And this is why this doesn't work. The, the big book clearly tells us we can choose and should choose our own conception. That means if I've chosen something that still feels unloving, that lies with me to expand upon that concept or leave that to the side and pursue something else. There's no, you know, my, I had no one to blame and not to say I was blaming myself, but the responsibility lied with me. And continues to um i also in step one we acknowledge that we're powerless but it's we don't send anyone on their way it's not like good luck on you we immediately bring in this sense of uh power so powerless plus power equals power I think that's very important because today with a spiritual uh, conception, with a higher power, I'm not without power. I have like the fuel to get through my days. It's not my own self-generated fuel, but it's fuel nonetheless. And I think it's important for me to distinguish that and to give credit where credit is due, but it's not, I'm not left where I used to be, which was completely up to my own devices. Um, and, And I also want to encourage my spiritual conception has really changed the longer I've been in program and the longer that I have explored this concept and seeing what didn't work. And one thing that wasn't working for me were placing expectations on what my higher power had to do for me and look like and feel like too. And, um, for example, I would go into a prayer or a meditation and think that it would make me feel serene or that I would get an answer in that moment. And that's not always the way that my personal higher power speaks to me. So I would do the meditation and sometimes my thoughts would still be racing or I'd leave it and it'd be like, what was the point of that? And I realized I was doing this time and time again, not maybe not without knowing it, but it was something I was doing. And I I tried to reframe that. I took practice as does everything, but I reframed that into a sense of, is it not a loving act just to sit quietly here and to acknowledge that I need help with something or that I want to pray for another person or I want to connect um, to this loving conception? Is that not a loving act that I can do for myself? And I realized like, yes, it is. So what the outcome is, is way less important than what I'm bringing into it. And just recently, I was just talking to a fellow um, who's here, I w- I, I've started to explore what, that's like the, so that deals with the, the going into a spiritual practice and coming out of it, right? Like what are my expectations going in and just letting go of how anything happened during it. And now I've been exploring like that middle component, like maybe, uh, the reason my thoughts were still racing during the meditation is because they're trying to tell me something. Like maybe the thought that kept popping up is one that I've been trying not to deal with and trying to push away, but is in truth something to explore. And so things are not so black and white for me anymore. Things are not so punishing or loving. They're not so um, success or failure. Like there's space in between things. Um, And someone I don't know that they're here but uh, another fellow told me things can be like lessons or blessings and I like that a lot because it doesn't mean that they're good or bad like I can either you know some things work out <laughs> in uh in ways that feel immediately good and other times they're a little harder to swallow and it, it takes some t- some time to maybe explore or talk to other people but either way I've learned something even if something goes completely not the way expected and I can, you know, still to this day, place expectations on things. That's okay because it's an opportunity to learn and grow. And all of this requires being, for me, being out of the food and having trust in something greater than me. And what that looks like to you is, is for you, um, and of your own conception. I'll never push my own on anyone's, um, because it has to work for you and, um, yeah and I also oh also how how I receive guidance has been um something I've explored too because it doesn't always need for me to be like a thought in my head it can often be something I hear on a meeting or flipping open a book and just randomly that first line that I go to is what I needed to hear and it could be totally related. I'm just walking around and like I see a bird <laughs> like like it, it again, like, because my mind is open, or I pray for it to be open, I can receive guidance in many things, and things don't have to, that's, I'm definitely ripping a line here, but it's one of the most powerful things I heard from someone in another fellowship, it was like, things don't have to look a certain way in order for me to feel okay, and I love that line, I think about it all the time, Um, I'm not the director, and I don't, not to say I don't my self full doesn't pop up all the time, but i in my true heart's apart, I don't want to be the director of my own story anymore i don't it's exhausting. I know what it was like to, to play that role and it it didn't work and it didn't bring me happiness and my way isn't always the right way, so um is often not the right way, but that's that's okay um I know I'm jumping around a bit in in steps and in converse conversa- it's So one side comment in sharing today, but um, something about personal responsibility and like step four work that really helped me um, is is about the things that have happened to me um, and. I get a lot of imagery today, for some, maybe my brain has more space to like have thoughts like this because it's not all consumed anymore, but um, I think of like a fire pit or something, and maybe I was burned and it wasn't my fault at the time that something happened, but what I've done by holding on to my resentments is like continuously throw matches on it and then still blame the initial person who set the fire, I don't know, whatever, however that <laughs> makes sense to you, but Uh, things about resentments and my my inability for a long time to accept responsibility it just kept me getting hurt and what I get to do with with the 12 steps as daunting as they once were to me is really just like take it one step at a time take personal responsibility and also for me cue the compassion like I was really, I was really sick, and I was really suffering, and I was, I was really hurt, and I had no solution, and and so my defects were the ways that I survived um, without without higher power and without fellowship and twelve steps, and now that I have the solution here, I. I don't need them anymore and I can, I can pray and I can talk to people and I can just align with something loving. 25 minutes. Thank you so much Roy. Um, and that's, that's what I just pray to continue to do because if I'm aligning with something loving, I can, I can do so much and on default, I can, I can be, uh, scared and afraid and feel all the things human and I make mistakes all the time. But I, I take this program and my step work and my recovery seriously. And I take my humanness uh, seriously <laughs> and or with love, I guess, and understanding. And I, I try my best to stay open and teachable. Um, and I, I have pictures like of myself in these different um eras of my body um and you would see someone who was like morbidly overweight and very young and you would see someone gaunt with red eyes and yellow teeth from the bulimia you would you would see that um but i i was just i don't demonize that girl anymore you know like that that's still me and i I was suffering and if anyone is in like a a larger body right now or have has realized that oh wow losing a lot of weight with in an unhealthy manner didn't give me the the happiness I thought would come with weight loss all along I would just say you you like me are still very much deserving of of love and of pursuing your recovery at whatever stage you're at and I just I'm like grateful as an understatement. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful today. Service. I thank everyone here for, for giving such amazing service and for showing up today, whatever time it is for you and whatever your days look like you, that's, that service and showing up. And I, um, I'd be remiss not to just plug very quickly. There is a new young people's virtual intergroup. Um, so if anyone has come in or came in um, uh, young, we'd, we'd love to have them. I'll post a, post a flyer. Um, but just showing up service got me out of myself and continues to get me out of myself. And I believe today that I I am the root of my own suffering. And that's not a bad thing. I don't say that with shame. I say it because I have a disease and I need help from others and I'm not without power and I'm not without a higher power um, as long as I attempt to align and attempt to give back what I've been given. And I don't think anyone, I don't think I could know the pain of this disease without um, like feeling such a desire to give it away because I don't think I would be here today um let alone like want to be here I don't know that I'm physically be here today this is a fatal and progressive illness but with that like comes such a capability to to grow and learn and yeah <laughs> thank you everyone for letting me share I'm really thank you Well, Kara, thank you so much thanks for your sharing taking the time to be with us today that was a wonderful message